I am seeing a lot of people reading books these days, whether it's on the train or just walking around. I'm seeing more and more of it, which gets me excited. But I'm curious to know why in 2023 we're doing that. Why are we turning back to books when we have this incredible amount of access to information and entertainment at our fingertips? I have the answer for you today on the podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well Podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host, where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. So grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 10 of the Read Well Podcast, and I, I'm really excited to be, well, I'm always excited to be here, but... Uh, I just got back from 10 days in Paris, and I have uh, just some incredible experiences to share with you. I'll be brief, and I'll do it later for people that stick around to the episode. I want to get to the content quickly. Uh, however, uh, it, it was just this great experience. If you like a reading or, or writing, Paris is this really enriched place where you can go and connect with um, you know, the, the uh, authors of The Lost Generation and, and whatever. We'll, we'll get into that. But today's episode is on something that I, I noticed while I was traveling. Not only uh, in Europe, but here at home as well, as I went to the airport and as I w just walked around, I am seeing more and more people reading books, and I'm also seeing uh, local bookstores uh, doing better. I'm reading articles on local bookstores that are starting to thrive. People are opening them up again, and I started to ask myself, why is that? Now, uh, this is this the, the structure of this episode today I'm going to give you uh, three or four different reasons as to why I believe people are going back to reading, which just fills my heart with joy. And then at the end of the episode, for those who stick around, I'm going to give you uh, uh, three recommendations for books that have uh, had a profound impact on my life and I think you will thoroughly enjoy. So uh, something to help you stick around and listen to the whole show. And I want to thank you for being here. It means a lot to me. This little community is starting to grow. Uh, we have a little Facebook page and a YouTube page, uh, as well as our own uh, page at thereadwellpodcast.com. So if you're interested in following along and learning how to become a better reader or just finding time to read, uh, check us out there. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll notice that I have a giant gash on my forehead. That's, I smacked my head yesterday on the table, and uh, that was my welcome back present for uh, going out and having fun in Paris for 10 days, I guess. I don't know. The universe was not happy with me. But let's jump into this. Okay, let me get my notes up here. So the very first thing I want to share with you is that we read books for uh, two main reasons. At least it has always been this way in the past. We did so in order to get information about something or to be entertained. So we were looking at nonfiction for a way to grow ourselves, to scale our skills. Did I say that right? Yeah, <laughs> to scale our skills. Wow. And also, uh, you know, to, to really sort of level up or we needed a diversion, right? We needed a, a way to sort of escape the toil and struggle of life. And so we would turn into fiction and, uh, and move into somebody else's life and world and live in their footsteps for a bit. Reading is wonderful for doing that. But uh, since the advent of the Internet and social media and YouTube, we can get information and entertainment far faster than we can reading a book. If you think about it, reading a book, the average human reads probably 200 to 250 words a minute, which is about a page. Uh, some of us read slower than others. But even at that, most people take anywhere between 8 and 20 hours to read your standard book. That's a long time. 
eight to 20 hours to get that information or that distraction entertainment uh, into your life. That's, that's quite an investment. And the way that we live our lives now, it's really hard to sit down and sort of carve that time out. It seems like there's always something clawing at us, wanting us, needing us. And so books have, have sort of been starved. Well, so why is it that people are actually carving that time out and finding that time and returning to it? Uh, if you can get information and entertainment so easily by watching Netflix or whatever, why go to a book? Well, I have a couple theories here that I want to share with you today. So the first one is that we are craving an offline experience. Now, there are so many advertisers and politicians and uh, you know ad campaigns that are just calling to us all of the time. We spend, I don't know about you, but I spend oh, eight hours a day at least in front of a screen, if not more. And I have to wear these glasses. There, there are these yellow glasses that I wear like so, just so that I can look at my screen long enough and not get a headache. Anyway, with that amount of screen time in our lives, I think all of us feel this sort of creeping dread in our skin to, to um, let go of the screens and to go outside and to use our hands. I mean, my gosh, there are so many people returning to hobbies that require them to get outside and garden or do woodworking or uh, painting or something where there's no screen involved. I think we just really need some offline time. And that seems to be harder and harder to find these days because everything is connected to the computer or your phone, especially. And my goodness, doesn't it feel good when you finally get away from all of that and you pick up something tangible with your hands and you feel it, you know, you can smell something, you can feel something. And that, that process of being human just speaks to our souls. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are returning to books because there is no screen that will feed you ads. There, there, are, there are no um, sort of distractions and other links and other places you could go. See, if you're going to the internet for information, I have no problem with that. I research on the internet all of the time. But it's a very shallow form of research for me, at least, because I get distracted easily. When I go onto a page, I see a link that leads me over to here. And then I think, oh, that's interesting. And then I click this link and I lead it over to here and so on. And, and I end up learning a whole lot of um, surface level things about many different things. It's really challenging for me to get deep on the internet on a specific topic, just because there are so many avenues of exploration. In a book, you don't have links to click on. You don't have ads. You don't have uh, music. Like, you know, if you were to watch a documentary or watch something on Netflix or whatever, uh, although that can be a great learning experience, I still would argue that it is a surface level experience because you are inundated with um, sort of what, what sells, what's going to make the movie sell, what's going to make the documentary watched. And so the editors and the people putting these things together are more, more, more aware of of what they need to do on screen in order to keep your eyeballs on the screen, which is entertaining, right? That's why we're doing it. Uh, however, sometimes critical information is missed and sometimes uh, you, 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 you don't get the full flavor of the thing. I don't know about you guys, but I find, I find that when I walk away from a, a movie or a show, even if it's educational and I'm really interested in it, that it has little impact on my life. I can't really think of anything 
that I've seen where years later I've thought, man, that really taught me something. Uh, you know, I, but a book I can, I can think of books that have changed my life that I return to again and again, that I, I pull information out of. I rare, I don't think I've ever gone back to movies or documentaries and said, I'm going to watch that again and take notes and really try to, to, um, you know, to grow from it. Maybe that's me. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm unique that way, but I feel like TV is designed to be fast paced and keep you going. Uh, internet is designed to keep you um, distracted with lots of things to click on. A book, on the other hand, is designed to immerse you in the topic. And so we crave this offline experience, right? We want to get away from all of these flashy things and our brain has a moment to breathe. And for whatever reason, that feels great. Now, the next theory I have as to why people are going back to books is that we crave a challenge. I think our brains atrophy when we don't use them. In other words, they they lose their ability to um, process information and to, to really thrive. And when we give our brains something like that, something that, that allows it, it to sink its teeth into something and to really dig in, I, I feel like your brain just swells up and it, it, it really loves chewing on hard things. It's what your brain was designed for. And, you know, if, if all our brain does is walk us from the fridge to the couch uh, to click the button on the television and then go to the restroom and then go back to the couch and then back to the fridge, if that's all our brain is getting, our brain is going to crave challenge. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of challenge that comes with your job where you're busy and you're stressed and your boss is asking for a thousand things. I'm talking about an intellectual challenge. Your brain wants to consider higher order questions. And a book is perfectly designed to, to encourage that sort of thinking. Because with a book, it's, it's, it's written around a specific topic. Uh, there are usually several hundred pages that dive deep into that topic. Somebody has spent years of their life and their expertise researching something and packaged it into a nice little $9.99 offering for you. And you can now open that up and benefit from their years and years of, of study and research. So a book, uh, just by its nature, sort of inspires you to study, doesn't it? I mean, I don't, when I, <laughs> if I go to the internet, I'm not really inspired to be intellectual or to think deeply. I'm more inspired to sort of traverse things. Uh, when I watch television, I, again, I'm not inspired to be intellectual or to think deeply. I'm instead inspired to relax and be entertained. But when I open a book, just feeling it in my hand makes me want to sit down, get my notepad, get my pen, and set some time aside in my life to learn something new, right? A, a book is just beautiful that way. So I, I feel like we... We really are needing and we're desperate for challenges. So whatever your, your thing is in life, I feel like the book allows you to, to, to dig deeper into that. Okay, so the third one is a little personal, right? We all claim to have uh, ADD or ADHD of some kind. I, you know, our, our society these days has taught us to not pay attention. It has taught us to um, move quickly and 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 think in short bursts and if we're not entertained in every short burst we move on it's really frustrating i grew up in the 80s where 
you know, we, we, we uh, didn't have social media. We didn't have, I, I look at even the cartoons I watched as a kid and, you know, we, they had a storyline. <laughs> there, there was usually some kind of plot and my kids now I have four kids. And when I, when I walk past the TV and they're watching something, my brain hurts because it's just noise and chaos and like loudness just because they, for whatever reason, believe kids can't pay attention. So they have to show them lots of bright imagery and lots of sounds and lots of crashing and whatever. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about, but we are struggling as a society to focus on something for longer than seven seconds. And, um, you know, in fact, I would ask you right now, how is, how is this conversation going for you? Do you feel like it's a challenge to listen to the words I'm saying, or do you feel like you're able to really dial in? Perhaps you feel like you need to be um, multitasking or whatever, or washing the dishes. We just feel like we got to be doing things all the time. And that is, um, number one, it's unfortunate because good work, great work cannot be done at, uh, at that level of consciousness, right? We need to be able to go deep and stay there in order to do our best work. And so I think a book trains that. A book is a nice training ground for building your focus. I, it's the same as meditation. Uh, I don't meditate a whole lot. Uh, I used to. I found that quite beneficial. But for me, I wake up every morning at, at 5.30, and I usually read for about an hour. It's the very first thing I do, uh, and I do that because I don't want the world to fill my brain yet or my, my, my calendar with unnecessary things. I want to spend the best part of my brain reading something complex and challenging. So the book is designed to, um, to, to, to build that, that ability to focus. When you pick up a book, uh, you'll often find yourself reading a paragraph and then thinking to yourself, all right, I, I have no idea what I just read. I was kind of off in La La Land, and now i got to go back and reread it. And I know many people tell me that that's really frustrating, and that's why they don't read. They say, I don't read books because... I get to the end of the page and I'm just so busy thinking about my shopping list or my homework or whatever that it's just a waste of time. And to you, I would say it's absolutely not a waste of time because what is happening is you're, is you're, you're, you're reminding your brain how to behave. You're teaching it once again how to think. And as you read, what's going to happen is your brain is going to, you'll feel it. It's like a little click in your head. It will eventually say, fine. <laughs> I will sit down and pay attention to this book, right? You're being so stubborn about sitting here. I'm going to pay attention now. And you'll, you'll slow down. And as you start to read the words and pay attention to them, something beautiful will happen. The story, the, uh, the information, whatever it is that you're seeking is going to open up to you in ways that no movie, no internet article could ever do for you because you're having a conversation with a master. If you're reading a good book, of course, you're having a conversation with a master and you're learning something at a much deeper level. And it's beautiful because you get to go at your own pace without any distractions. And as you're reading, you can take notes and you can highlight. And you and, and most importantly, I did a video, I believe last episode, I uh, talked about how to study philosophy. And we came up with this term exegesis, which is this thing that Nietzsche teaches us, that when we read philosophy, we need to take that work through a process of exegesis, which is to chew on it, to think about it, to gnaw on it, to let it settle before you move on to the next thing. Man, we are we are just 
we're convinced, especially in America, I'm an American, uh, that we need to be more efficient and more effective all the time. Go, 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 go. Uh, you know, it was nice for me to go to Paris because it is, uh, especially I went to the city of Versailles. It was much more laid back. People were riding bikes and I, it was crazy. I, I was, I was, you know, on the Seine River with my wife. And there were just people dancing on the side of the Seine River at like, it was like a Wednesday night at 9 p.m. And there were like mobs of people just ballroom dancing on the side of the river. I think that's beautiful. So when I say we're all struggling to be efficient and or to, to slow down, I know that's not right because not everybody is this way. But for me in my own personal life, in whatever culture I live in, I feel like Everybody is is hustling, trying to move faster. Uh, every YouTube video I watch is about being more efficient or more effective or whatever. The hustle culture is killing me. It's just killing me. And so I love a book because I shut all that away. And I just tell everybody to shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it anymore. And it's just me in the book now. And I get to spend time with somebody that I care about. It's great. It's super great. And as you do that, you, you get better. And, and after about a week or two of like reading every day, you once again get good at focusing. You once again come back down to earth and realize that you can do this and that it's, it's perfectly within your limit to be uh, somebody who could sit for even hours on end and read a book. It's a beautiful thing. So a book allows you to do that. Finally, I think we want to be a little more like those people dancing on the side of the Seine River. I think we are all craving this idea of slowing down a little bit. I just spoke to this a little with the hustle culture. But, you know, I every year my family says the same thing when Christmas is here. And your family probably says the same thing too, which is, oh my gosh, it was just Christmas and now it's Christmas again. You know, I think... Life is just moving so fast. And sometimes that's terrifying and it saddens me because one day, uh, you know, the Stoic philosophy, memento mori, we are, we have to remember that we're going to die and we have to remember that life is short. And it's sad sometimes to realize that years are just clicking by super fast. And I love what a book does for me here because I can slow that clock down. I can slow it down by carving out time for a good book and spending time with it and taking notes. Here's why. There was a study that was done. Don't quote me on the actual study. I'll have to get, I'll have to find the actual research information, but even without it, this makes sense if you just hear what happened. So a bunch of researchers took two groups of people and they were trying to measure the perception of time as it moved in your head. And to one group of people, they, sh for, for a, a period of like 20 minutes, I believe, they showed the same three or four images. It was like they sat the person in front of a computer or a TV and they just showed a picture of, say, a boat, a rabbit, uh, and a tree. Then a boat, a rabbit, and a tree. And so the brain saw these three images and quickly got bored, just like fell into a lapse and, um, uh, you know, stopped paying attention. Those people were asked how long they felt they were in the research study for in the room in front of the computer. And they turned that 20 minute time frame into like, I don't know, two or three minutes, just, you know, cause they got bored. They were just like, mm. um, and it was, it was, you know, the brain didn't know how to measure time. The second group of people, they showed every image to be different, uh, a book, a fish, a, a skyscraper and so on. And so the brain always had something to do. The brain was always intrigued. 
And all of a sudden, they they measured time as though it was longer. And they said, I don't know, we've been in here for an hour or two. And they were really, really sort of, you know, mentally challenged. And the research just said, actually, you're in there, in there for 20 minutes. And they were just blown away. Like, no way. How is that possible? And it's because their brains had something unique to chew on, something unique to think about. And this is the problem in our lives. Every day we wake up and do the same thing. We have a, we're very, uh, you know, habitual. I'm, I'm crazy about my habits and my schedule, but you, you fall into this situation where you're doing the same thing every day, day in and day out. And all of a sudden a year has gone by and you have nothing to show for it, or at least very little other than you're still above ground. Well, a book gives you something unique to think about. It, it takes you out of your daily cycle and it gives you something unique to chew on and to stew on and to think about and to journal about and to have conversations about. And life gets richer and deeper and more meaningful. All right. As promised, I'm going to give you three book recommendations that uh, had a big impact on my life. I have got hundreds of books. So I'm going to start doing this more often because I want to make sure you're getting good books into your hands. But uh, I'm, I'm doing these in no particular order. I think you will find these helpful. The first one is um, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. You've probably heard of this guy. He's all over the uh, YouTube. Whether you like him or not, uh, uh, spoiler, I love this guy. Uh, I, I firmly just, I love listening to his approach on um, just... Just sort of the philosophy of thinking. It's just wonderful to go through through his ideas. But in this book, he has these 12 different essays. And I love essays because they are bite-sized pieces of information that you can uh, consume. And so, you know, each of these essays, I don't know, 20, 30 pages or whatever. But I would, I would, I would challenge you to pick up this work and give it a shot. Uh all right, the next book, which is not fiction, actually, it is, or it is fiction, I apologize, um, is Rebecca, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Now, I, I always read fiction at night. I like fiction at night before I go to bed. It's a great way for me to sort of turn my brain down. But some fiction I can't read at night because it's just too dang good and it's too interesting and then I don't sleep at all. I don't, uh, I stay up till two or three in the morning reading, uh, or I close the book and then I just keep thinking about what I'm reading and I can't turn it off. This is one of those books. So don't read this before you go to bed. You won't be sleeping at all. Rebecca is this incredible um, sort of romantic suspense. Now I say the word romantic, all you guys don't, don't run off and be like, I'm not reading that. Uh, it's not like a, your typical romance novel. Rebecca is a, is a sort of a murder mystery set in this incredible house uh, and this woman and her life and what she goes through. And it is, it is, it is one of sort of the top books to read in that thriller genre, that murder mystery thriller genre. You just can't, you can't go wrong with it. They made a movie out of this thing. Uh, it was good. The movie was good, but the book is just incredible. Uh, check this out. All right, the last book I want to share with you, this one I think about all the time. I read it uh, a couple years ago. I need to reread it because it really has affected me more than most books, I think. It's called The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. 
the denial of death is this it's a psychology book and it, he he pulls in um freud and and young and a whole bunch of other people but becker's idea here is that he is trying to explore why we do what we do and his main theory here is that the anxiety that we feel the stress that we feel the fear that we feel is all at our core because we are ultimately afraid that one day we will die. And so we do things and take on things in a certain way with, with this, you know, this fear in our, in our gut that we know one day this is all going to be over. Now that sounds morbid and sad and scary. It's actually not. It gives you the courage to live better because you understand how you are processing information, why you feel anxious sometimes. And it's, it's a, it's a challenging book though. So one of my one of my theories on the fact that we're craving a challenge, this book will give you that challenge. It will definitely force you to sit down and read slowly and think through it. Uh, okay. I hope you guys got something out of that today. If you did, do me a favor. Please take a minute and uh, like the YouTube video. Uh, we, we need to get some more uh, likes and subscribes there. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that yet. And if you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much for being a listener. I really, really appreciate that. Don't forget to go to the readwellpodcast.com to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I uh, send out each week the current episode as well as my essay that I write for the week related to this topic. So I will have an essay going out on Wednesday about what we what we discussed today in more detail. And I hope you find that interesting and helpful. Again, as always, I appreciate you and I'm thankful for all of you being here and I'll see you next week. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.